podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi everybody, welcome back to the Gallagher Shots YouTube channel and podcast. We are back with a live match reaction. Uh, thought we'd try something different this week just because that result was so, so sweet. Um, as Decker isn't here, Chris, do you want to say those magic words in his place? I've been waiting for years for this moment, you know, absolute years. Get in! Yes, we did. We've just beaten Manchester... United 2-0 on our own stomping ground. Perfect for uh, revenge for that uh, cup final, which they said was five weeks ago, and it doesn't feel like five weeks. It feels a lot longer. Um, we'll jump right into it. Um, obviously, I'm Scott. I'm your host for this. And this week, I'm joined by Chris, Joe, and Daniel, who you may have seen on the FPL show. Lads, hope everyone is very well. Hope everyone's very happy. There should be smiling faces for everybody. And everybody watching at home as well. Um, Chris, I'll, I'll stick with you, mate. Um, team sheet was unchanged, uh, but the bench did seem a lot stronger. Were you shocked at all that there was no changes, or were you expecting like for like from uh, last week or the last two weeks ago? Um, the only shock I would say is I, I think a lot of were expecting Joe Linton to come straight back in and possibly Maxi to be dropped because we know how well it worked with, with Willick and, and Joe Linton using that left hand side to their advantage. Um, that's the only shock for me. Um, I'm I'm pleased Eddie Howe stuck with Maxi because that's obviously two two wins with the, the same starting eleven really back to back. Well, three now if you look at this game. So I'm glad Eddie Howe stuck stuck with the the, the lads and, and showed faith in them. Um, but even more of a decision for him midweek now to to who starts yet again. It is, and, and Joe, it was, like I said before, it was quite a strong bench. Um, the squads, I think Mickey Almiron's the only one who's really out injured, who you would say as a regular starter. We're starting to see more depth coming in just from the, the the players that are returning. It's nice to see, isn't it? It's nice to see a bit of bit of challenging positions and, and a bit of, bit of depth. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we've had a major, major problem with injuries across this whole season. I think there's only been... Uh, two or three teams that have had a worse record than us. I know Liverpool, I believe, are top, but we've not had a chance to experiment around with uh, you know, a lot of different players in any one game. With Eddie Howe's almost been um, sort of like hamstrung by uh, some of the personnel that he can put out uh, onto the pitch. Don't get me wrong, it's it's obviously worked for the most part, but to have those options, like you say, coming off the bench, I mean... How often do you see triple subs in a game? He did it against Man City, which uh, you know nearly paid dividends. We saw it here, uh, this game, and it can really change the dynamic um, of, of the game. And I know that Ten Hag as well, he made a lot of substitutions. So it's really important to have those options to really counter uh, what the other team are doing. So it was fantastic. It was great to see, fantastic to see. Um, and yeah, like you say, the selection headache that Eddie Howe's now uh, got on his hands is... I mean, it's a great one to have, but um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how he plays it. Yeah, we do have, what, West Ham on Wednesday and then another game at the weekend. So a lot of games in quick succession. So you'll probably expect some rotation uh, for the next game. We will be doing a preview for that. I think we're recording that tomorrow, 
Uh, so plenty of videos coming your way on this channel. Uh, Daniel, we'll jump into the game. First 20 minutes, it was all us, right? Yeah, it was. And it was ironic that before the game, Ten Hag was talking about our Atletico Madrid-style tactics. And about 20 minutes into the game, which is where we sort of slowed down a little bit, maybe a little bit later on, was because that's exactly what Man United were doing. They were forced to make the game as scrappy as possible. A few uh, Boris Johnson-style rugby tackles. If anyone's seen <laughs> that video of him rugby tackling that kid, a few of them going around. And that was the only way that they could stop us. Uh, the intensity for that first 20 minutes was just mind-blowing for a Newcastle fan to sit there and watch. And after the game, I said to my stepdad, this must be how Man United fans have felt all their lives, mm. watching them play at home against us. Yeah. It was just from start to finish, we absolutely battered them and... I think maybe we wouldn't be so joyous and and talking about in such a way if Willick hadn't made up for a couple of those misses early toes. But who cares? We've got the win, and I've never seen us deserve a win more in my life. I don't think it was just amazing to watch. That, yeah, that, that was, was up there. Scott, Scott jump in that, that that was up there for me with performance of the season so far. Comfortably, well, we've had some decent results this season, probably beating any ex sort of expectation we've ever had. But like you said at the very start, of this Scott obviously we're still feeling a bit of a, a bit of annoyance from the the cup final display from the lads, and they've gone out today and absolutely battered them from start to finish. They didn't get a sniff, not once. Yeah. Yeah, and as good as and as good as some of our performances have been, there's always been at least over a 20, 30 minute spell where we sort of die off and let them back into the game. I've never, I can't remember the last time, maybe the Southampton away game where we were so consistently dominant from start to finish. It yeah. was just fantastic. Yeah, well, Daniel brought up a couple of couple of points about Joe Willock and Chris. Um, he should have had two before the first half uh, was over. Uh, he had that close range chance. Uh, and then not so long after he had that, that chance where Maxi put it on a plate for him and he just oh. seemed to lean back and he put it over the bar. Um, he said himself on Sky Sports News, on Sky News, on Sky, sorry, they were uh, interviewing him after the game and he was like, I should have had a hat-trick today. Um, do you think mm. goals will become more natural for Joe Willock now he's kind of got his eye in and he's, he's getting a bit more confidence? Um, this is something we'll see quite a lot from Joe Willick. Joe Willick is a different player to what we're, we're loaned from Arsenal that season when he was absolutely banging every single chance in. He does yeah. miss a couple. He does. But the best thing about Willick is that he doesn't give up. And like we're seeing today, he's always involved at some point throughout. The, the, obviously, whether that be build-up play, assist or grabbing the goal at the end of it. And honestly, he deservedly man of the match today for me. Um, but you could have Honestly, you could have threw your cap on any single one of those lads today, like because every single one of them was unbelievable. Yeah, it was uh, it was a, an all round amazing team performance. We'll we'll talk about some of the highlights in that first half. Um, obviously, we, we discussed the two Joe Willock uh, incidences. I think Sean Longstaff, Joe had a, a chance early on as well from very close range, and and it was a. Uh, there seemed to be a lot of blocks coming in from Manu. They, they seemed to be like quite scrappy in defence and just throwing the last man at the ball. Um, what was your opinion on on their defensive display? Because normally they're quite solid. Well, I say normally they got beat yeah. seven 0 a couple of weeks ago, but <laughs> normally you expect them well, to be quite solid. Normally, normally yes. Well, their fullbacks had to be on absolute top form to to deal with our wingers. I thought Dallow was 
he, I thought he, to be fair, I thought he did actually quite well against Maxi to keep him from doing what he wanted to do originally, which was uh, go down the left hand side and cross it in. He was kind of forcing him to then come back inside. But yeah. then what Maxi just did was he would just create more chances by either drawing players in and then passing out right, or he would, um, you know, do some interchange play with maybe with Isak and stuff. So. Yeah, they really did struggle. You're right. Varane, Martinez, there were so many times. Or Isak had a few opportunities on the edge of the box where fraction of a second earlier, if he had pulled mm-hmm. the trigger fraction of a second earlier, he would have gotten a, a really good shot on target away. And you're right, they were they were really uh, mm-hmm. down in the ditches. They were they were fighting for their lives to keep us out. Um, yeah, they, they were solid, but you know, uh, we were just relentless. Yeah. Man United. Um have the fourth worst defensive record away from home, but the best at home. So wow. I think it, I think we exploited that today. I actually thought in, in the first half, I thought Martinez was all right, generally. I thought I thought him and David De Gea were the two that turned up for them. I do agree with you, Joe. I do thought in the first half, Dallo actually coped relatively well with Sam Maximan. Um, but Sam Maximan's value doesn't necessarily come from just... Uh, we all want him to get more goals and assists. I think it's a regular criticism of him, and I think it's fair. But that's not the full value that he brings. He will run at you for 60, 70, 80 minutes at full pelt. And it's attritional. It gets worse and worse and worse. And by the end, Dallow looked like he was blown and he needed a hospital bed. And then for him to get subbed off and then... Big Joe Linton comes on. Can you imagine that? Having Sam Maxman run at you for 70 minutes and you want to face him. So it, I thought he did well up until that point, but at the second half, Maxman just had him on toast. So yeah, I think I think literally two of them turned up. I know jumping in at the second half a little bit, but that save from De Gea is the best save that I've that's been at St. James's Park this season. From the was it Joe Linton that with a header? It was the double save, was it? You're talking about it was, it was the one in the second half. I think it was Joel Linton's <laughs> header and he's tipped it onto the bar. He tipped on the bar, didn't Shaw, he? Yeah, and Shaw's came yeah. in and got kicked. Got kicked there. Yeah. I think, I think, um, Martial tipped onto the post. So, yeah, I think those two turned up defensively today, and the rest were just an absolute mess. Savitzer playing Holden midfield because he played there for Bayern Munich, but he was originally a number 10 slash a little bit of a right winger for Leipzig. So he's always been an attacking midfielder. Um, then when he signed for for Bayern, because they couldn't shoehorn him into all the other the all the other positions that are there, they were like, oh, we'll, we'll play you deeper. Goretzka got injured. So they played him there. Now Ten Hag seems to just think, oh, well, he can play in holding midfield. And I think today is evident. No, he can't at all. I mean, I'm yeah, it was almost like now. him and... I'm going to yeah, jump in. Sorry. I'm going to go on a bit, bit of a rant here about about Maxi. Yeah, um, I'm not sure. Some also somebody doesn't have the phone on Do Not Disturb, so somebody change that. Sorry, because this will be a pain <laughs> in the ass for people listening to audio. Where it'll just go <laughs> every two minutes. Why can I do not disturb while I go on my rant? Um, so in the ground, right? I, I'm normally pretty relaxed around those those sitting around us. Okay, uh, I don't normally kick off very often, and today was the day where I, I couldn't sit and, and just. Not bite because Maxi was getting slated by the people around me. And I'm watching that game and people are going, why is he not pushing on? Why is he not pushing on? He's 100% pushing on, but from our angle where where, we're sat in the Gallagher, it probably looks like he's not, but he's 100% running towards a ball. We know Maxi doesn't run into those spaces. He doesn't. He likes the ball at his feet, then move from there. And this was my point, right? 
every single time that because Dan Byrne pushed up quite a bit this game and yeah. Dan Byrne was just finding himself everywhere on that left-hand side drifting in the middle and every time Dan Byrne got the ball as soon as Maxi made any sort of movement whether or not that was pushing up the field or just staying where he was he was taking two players with him he didn't even have the ball and he was taking two players with him that's what you're getting from Maxi because the defenders are shit scared in case he gets yep. the ball because he embarrasses players left, right and centre and he keeps on doing it over and over again. Yes, some of these decisions will probably think well, he should have done better in that sort of uh, a passage of play. But I, I thought he, he had a great game today. I, I, I think he didn't. And, and people will turn around and say that game three, well, Maxi was shy, he was the worst player on the field. But to me, what he gives to the team without the ball is fantastic. I mean, I'm completely with you. I thought I thought his decision making was almost completely spot on. Uh, there were there were passes he was making where the Saint Maximum of a season or two seasons ago wouldn't have made. Mm-hmm. He's yep. he's looking up more. He's trying to bring players more into play and to interlink with them more. He's and, but you're right. He's doing that while also still drawing defenders away from him. So he's he's becoming that more complete rounded player that he needs to be to. Work well with this with this team as it is. I think he's I think he's not the finished product yet with what Eddie Howe will want from him, but he's he's you know he's taken hell of a stride to get there. I think he's really coming leaps and bounds. The, the and, thing that annoys um, me, I don't I don't I don't, don't want to focus this on Maxi, but the thing that annoys me is that if Maxi does thing on the, something on the left hand side, he's the worst person in the world. Okay, if it's on the right hand side, Murphy does exactly the same. Nobody cares. That's what frustrates me. Yeah. Yeah, well, the thing about Maxi and Murphy being obviously on the opposite wings and doing what they do, it was they were offering something different. Most of our attack yeah. came down the right-hand side in the first 20, 30 minutes. But then mm. the few times that Maxi was getting on the ball, all of a sudden, yeah, he was able to cut inside. He was able to bring the midfielders uh, more into play. He was getting Bruno involved. It, you know, it's just causing them a lot, a lot of different problems. I think for me, the, the difference for, for Maxi this week was he was cutting inside, but he was finding the pass. Normally you'd see him cut inside right. the outside the box and he'll take a shot and it'll just bounce off one of the defenders or, you know, it'll ricochet. But he was actually playing people in and there was a couple of times where, you know, had we had our shooting boots on, we probably could have been three, four goals in mm. and he would have had all the assists because he was just kept providing those balls to like the middle of the box, outside the box. Yeah. I think had Longstaff had a shot outside. Yeah. When Longstaff yeah. had that shot outside, I had flashbacks of his brother a couple of seasons ago and it, when it was oh, um, Willems who... Cut the ball into him after that nice little bit of skill. Before that was in, that was a lovely shot. Um, We'll come to the first goal. Um, We did have to wait until the second half, uh, but it came. Joe Willick finally getting the goal. But I want to talk about the build-up to that goal because, for me, that was one of the best team goals I've seen from us this season. Um, It was, I think... Dan Byrne wins the ball back, Daniel, and uh, and then it it falls to um, Isak, who I don't know what it is with that boy, but he can control the ball from any angle, from anywhere. Um, and I'll let you talk us through the rest of it, if you don't mind. Yeah, it's not just... I mean, I mean the touch is, is brilliant, but you see just delays some sometimes a forward in that area wants to get that pass off as quickly as possible, he just delays it a second, just a second, and then the pass is perfectly timed for Bruno. Um, some people may have thought he was going to shoot from that. I, I watched the game with my stepdad, and he's like, what are you doing when he's put that ball into the back post? 
and the awareness of Sam Maxman to just put it on a plate for Willock. And it's not just that. It, it's easier said than done. I think a lot of players may maybe try that, but do they still put it into his arms? So they put it behind the player and he's just put it right into his path. One that was impossible to miss, although I would have said that about the first chance in the first half as well anyway. <laughs> and you're right, watching it and watching it back, it was like watching Brazil play football. It was just absolutely immaculate football. Uh, and we've had a little bit of stick recently, like Ten Hag before the game. I think some people maybe watched that Arsenal game where we went there to just cause an upset, disrupt the flow of the game. And uh, as we mentioned earlier on, we've, we have struggled a little bit since the World Cup. I think the um, the League Cup's been on our mind Bef- even before the final, just concentrating on that. And now that monkey's sort of off our back, it's nice to show what we're really capable of. And the very first thing we said was that squad depth that we've got now is that when we were when we struggle a little bit now there's always those extra bodies to come off the bench so it means that you can put more into the first 60 70 minutes because you can you can put everything in and if you're tired you know that there's players to come on that aren't Mankio and Marichi and and the rest of them so it was just it was, like it made us feel proud that goal it was just amazing to watch pure vault yeah, football it was, was. Uh... There was a few passages of play where we were playing it in some really good areas. We were, you know, linking up well. Um, and this was the one where it just it came off. And, you know, we just spoke about Maxi, but all credit to him for not trying to put it in the net and actually playing it back across the face of goal. And, and I think, again, Willock in his interview after the match was like, I don't think I could have missed that. Like, I've seen this come across. as like, there's no way I'm missing this one. And, he, yeah, he, he buried it. And, um, Scott, he doesn't have you know, to well-deserved from us. He doesn't have to move. He could have stood still. That ball could have just hit off him when the back of the net. And that's down to obviously the cross which comes over. Matty, like 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 Daniel said, just puts it on a plate for him. It's it's pinpoint that. It was it was uh, it was it was a very very good like I said good passage of play uh, all around. Uh, We made a few substitutes uh, second half. Uh, I did have them up. Where are they gone? We uh, we changed our entire front front three. Uh, Mm -hmm. We had Maxi, Isak, and Murphy come off for uh, was it Joe Linton, Gordon, and Wilson, Uh, and then uh, Joe Willock seemed to go down with a looked like his hamstring, but he didn't bring it up at all after the game, so he must be okay. It must just been a just in case, or even that we just take him off. Wednesday. Scotty has probably he just had fucked. He had it before the cup final, didn't he? Where he was just knackered. He, he gets a tight ham he gets a tight hamstring and he came off and we thought before the cup final, oh shit, no. And then mm. it just turns out he just needs to come off. He might have had a bit of cramp or whatever, a bit of tightness. So I imagine it's just the same. And um in terms of Wednesday, I think those substitutes or substitutions even, highlight that we're probably going to go unchanged again. You know, Max coming off mm. after 70 minutes, Isak coming off after 75, 80, whatever, whatever it was, Murphy as well. I think it's a real indication that he's just going to go again with that same team. Mm. Yeah, um, I want to talk a little bit about Anthony Gordon because he, he came on and, and he just seemed to be everywhere. He was running up and down the pitch. He was uh, winning the ball. He was, you know, just being a little bit of a shithouse, which... It's kind of what we signed him for, um, or what we knew him for. Maybe this is not what we actually signed him for. But, uh, Joe, what were your impressions of Gordon when he came on? He obviously has a point to prove. He's been out injured. He's fighting for a position. Um, yeah. Did he do enough? He's certainly getting there. I thought the, uh, the, 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 the vision that he had to almost uh, put on a play for Isak only a few minutes after coming on was phenomenal. Um, 
Yeah, yeah, it was he was kind of one on one at one point, but then you know he did the defender was doing really well just to slow him down, and it was uh, it was great vision. I still think that he's got a long way to go, um, but I do, I like I'm liking his energy. I'm liking the interlink interlink player that he's got. He's definitely a player that I can see having a long future here. It's going to take a bit of time, but I'm yep. confident that Eddie Howe and, and the rest of the backroom staff would see would look at him and think he's a player that you know we can build a team around. And um, I, I think that you'll start integrating him into the side far more over the coming weeks. Hopefully, he stays fit. Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's it's. I'm not sure because Murphy's done really well and. If he's going to be fighting for that place um, with Gordon, it's going to be a tough one. But, you know, I think when you buy a player for like 40-odd million quid, you're going to be looking to start, you know, playing him regularly more more sooner than later. So I Just, to, just to jump in on Gordon, just, just being in the ground, he was determined to win every single ball when he came he was, on the field. He was. He grafted his horse off. He was at every single player's ankles. And... This was when we were 2-0 up and, and every time Man United hit us, every single counter-attack, they wanted him to have the ball because he was a weight. He was absolutely rapid every time he got it. And we got in some decent positions as well with him being obviously the, the focal point yeah. of that. And mm. I think what, what Joe's just said, yes, Murphy's ha- had a great run in the team. He has. I, I don't, at this moment in time, he, he shouldn't get dropped. But I think if you look at next season, it's going to be Gordon. Gordon at Almiron, uh, obviously yeah. fighting for that one. I think there's a good good comment coming as well there about, you know, he is just back from an injury, but he did look quite sharp. He's still trying to get his match fitness. Um, but yeah, I thought, you know, there's a lot to come from Anthony Gordon and, you know, he is only, what is he, 20, 21? So, I mean... You've done it again, Scott. Yeah. You know, You've done it again. Mention ages. What's never that? mention ages because no, we get it wrong. No, never mention ages. Because, <laughs> I mean, what I was going to come to was we've also got Elliot Anderson who came on. And, you know, we don't really talk about Elliot Anderson in the same way. We talk about Anthony Gordon. And I think that's because he's got more experience, obviously, at Premier League level because of how Everton have used him. But those two coming up through the, you know, not coming through the ranks, but for the future are players to build on. Um, And they both did equally as well. I thought, you know, Elliot Anderson did okay when he came on. I I felt like it did kind of kill our momentum on that right hand, on the left hand side, sorry. it just—it's a different—he's a different type of player. What you get from St. Maximum, so you're not going to get him. You know, maybe he's taken on as many players as he did, and with Dan Byrne at that point being as probably tired as he was, because he can I just say did very well against Rashford and Anthony. I think it was only yeah. once he maybe he's got undone, and that was when Dallow got through in the first half and had they swapped a couple of times as well. Scott throughout the game, the yeah, they did. did. They did, but with with him. Dealing with that old game, he couldn't really get forward as much once Anderson came on. So when Anderson was on, he was trying to rely on Joe Linton, who was coming from the middle to, yeah. to you know have a ball to play. And, you know, he can only get better. I mean, we can say this about Gordon as well. That these two players can only get better for us. And if they're performing like this now, the future's looking very bright for them. Um, we'll come on to the second goal. Um, Callum Wilson came on. Um, I, I don't remember him doing much other than the goal, uh, if I'm being honest with you. I don't think he was involved too much. He did hold the ball up a little bit um, just before, but I didn't see much. When you compare him to what Isak brings in terms of Isak being all yeah. over the pitch, winning the ball, taking players on, that sort of stuff, he just he still looked a little bit off with that, did Callum Wilson to me. But um, Joe, it was a, a well-taken goal from Wilson. Um, 
it's got to give them the confidence but, now to get more. That's exactly what I thought. It, you know, tell you what, the absolute pinpoint accuracy for Trippier to get that ball on his noggin when you had Lindelof, who was either directly in front or directly behind him, he was pretty much marking him. He was, he was wedged between two defenders. And to get that ball in, it was absolutely, it was perfect. And you're right, he's really struggled. I think it's been, what, 13 games? Well, the last game, obviously, he scored was West Ham. And that was a while ago. And yeah, he's been dropped. He's he's not been able to get uh, many minutes back, back into the side. And hey, tell you what, you know, it's a cliche, but strikers do run on confidence in all it takes is one goal. Yeah, he may not be starting games from now on until the end of the season, but... Coming on as a sub role, giving defenders something different to to work with, um, yeah, it can only it can only give them confidence to say, you know what, I'm still that player, I'm still that guy who can get it in the back of the net, and it was a well taken goal, posting in like yep. absolutely beautiful. I'm really pleased for him as well because he is a hard worker. You can tell that he cares. He really wants to do well, and he's still got a few. He's definitely still got a future at the club, and I'm yeah happy for him. I think what you yeah, get from Wilson absolutely. is that press, Scott. It, it's honestly, yeah. he's constantly pressing the, the goalkeeper and defenders. He doesn't ever stop doing that. And and I think when he came on, man, you got got a bit more of the ball. Um, and that's pretty why we didn't see, see obviously, what Isaac yeah. was doing for the team. But yeah. Callum Wilson, yeah. every single chance he's closing players down. Like, Well, man, you were pushing for the... Yeah, to get the equaliser. So, you know, you would expect them to have a little bit more of the goal. Um, I want to touch a little bit on the referee display because I don't think it gets highlighted enough. Honken. I thought today, do you think it was Hongan? I thought Honken. he let a lot go, which Ooh. was pretty well. Yeah, I thought he did. I, I, thought, I would have I a thought different opinion. Maybe it shows differently on the TV. Um, but I thought Dan Byrne would have at least had a yellow card from any other referee. So, so you're, looking at that the you're looking at that because no, I don't think a single player got booked. Um, Weg, no, sorry, Bruno absolutely rinsed uh, Weghurst. Is that what it's called? Weghurst. Weghurst. Um, Weghurst. Weghurst. Yeah. So Weghurst absolutely rinsed him right at one point. Um, and as soon as he'd done that, I, I said to Mark, who was sitting on the right hand side, I went, give it a couple of couple of minutes. I went, next time Bruno gets a ball, he's getting clattered. About 20 seconds later, he gets absolutely yeah. smashed, right? I remember that. The referee at that point, he knows why he's been absolutely smashed into. Okay. And I think. Yes, it's always good to see referee let a lot of challenges go, okay, and just yeah. a bit of a telling off rather than a booking. But there's that one point, and I think Bruno had got fouled about four or five times within the space of five, ten minutes. And even Bruno, at this point, got up and went to the referee, come on, this is four times now. And he just, he, he was scared to do that. There's that one point where um, Rashford thought he, he got fouled by Dan Byrne, and his boot was hanging off, and he stood oh, up. My. He didn't get the free kick. And he got his boot and absolutely smashed it into the deck. The referee yeah. at that point, obviously, it's descent to a certain degree. There's at one point later on, not long after that, Rashford kicks the ball away as well for a Newcastle free kick. I thought he let a lot go, which is good to say at some point. But you need to take some sort of control because those challenges kept on coming in over and over again. That's yeah, no, I'll give you that rest. one, to be fair. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, Dan, I remember Dan Byrne getting a yellow card for... Uh, smashing the ball into the ground. He got mm, one yeah. the week against Forest for just asking what the hell was going on. But, you know, that was... If Rashford does that with the different. ball, he gets a yellow card. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right, yeah. exactly. I think yeah, at one point, yeah. he, rather than putting his boot back on, because it's only coming off a tiny bit, he actually takes his boot off just to throw it He's on the deck like an absolute petulant child. What about Fernandez as well? 
Oh, well. Fernandez with that I mean, penalty shout. Oh, my. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. It's, I know. I know. The rest of the penalties were him. Did he run over the linesman as well? Yeah. Is he the most Dying hated player in the league, man. Bruno? I think Bruno I, Fernandez. Yes, for me. He is I, I a horrible, horrible, he's horrible little rat. I, I put he? this in, in the in the group chat. I can't see how he's their captain. How he behaves like that week in week out. Yeah, he's because it is yeah. week in week out. We petulant, thought it was petulant. because of Ronaldo, but he does it now without Ronaldo as well, and it just it to gets be, worse and worse. To be fair to him, at the end of the game, he was the I think the majority of the Man United players just walked off the pitch, and he was the one that sort of grabbed them and said, "No, get over there and applaud the fans." And he's a shit house, but we have our shit houses. And we love them. Like Kieran yeah. Trippier is a shit house, and yeah. he's our—he's obviously our vice captain, but really he's our captain as well. Like on the pitch, he is. Like Jamal Lascelles, our captain. He—he's got more buttons for getting in the way of thrones. <laughs> Anyone else's fans will look at him and go, yeah. "What are you? these? Are horrible?" So I think it's—I think it's actually probably a good sign that he's the captain because everyone else absolutely hates him. Uh, I just think there comes a point where I think. It's the diving that gets me. Mm. I, I know that some players dive, but he's not even clever with it. The one that was he's either West Ham or Villa or something where he ran he ran into a player's shoulder and fell over trying to get a free kick or a penalty. Um and yeah, that one in the first half against us was just a total so, joke. Most quite do you think my new fans but, but, love that though? Do you think my new fans love him because of that? Or do you think they're also like, get up, man, how we stop being such a Ben, stop whinging nah, at the ref all the time? Love it. Or do you think they blabber nah, up? I, I think I think like most football fans will be um the same as us. I think I think they'll love it. I think people want to win and sometimes you've got to do certain things to win in is I th- I think there's a neutral he'll, he's he's hated and obviously when you're playing against him he's hated because he is a very talented footballer. So yeah, I think um I think they'll they'll enjoy the fact that he gives everything and that he's maybe willing to to apply the dark arts to to get them three points. I just think he needs to be better at doing it. That, that's, well, what that's what I was going to say. I think, I, I th- yeah, I think they'd appreciate it if he could actually, you know, win stuff with it. But he doesn't. <laughs> All he, he fails at it miserably, then just like pisses and moans for two minutes instead of actually getting uh, yeah. on and doing the job. You know, that, yeah. that was a no strange, really strange moment as well. So, so the moment where, where he obviously went down in the box and he's on the deck for a while. And Fabian Shaw goes over to him and he's leaning over to him, pointing at him, and obviously you're having a go at yeah. him. Not a single Man United player came over to have a go at Fabian Shaw. Normally, you see people run over and defend the teammate. You didn't see it once today. Like it, yeah. That that Man United was was inferior to the Man United I was expecting today. They were well, piss think- poor. That epitomised Man United today. They just weren't up for the fight. They weren't up for anything. They didn't want to have each other's backs. They didn't want to play for the ball. They just didn't seem like they wanted to be there. And I, and I don't know if it was the atmosphere within the ground. Sky do that crazy thing where they kind of mute the fans a little bit. You don't hear it as loud. Only when they want. Um, yeah. So, Chris, I don't know what the atmosphere in the ground it was, was like. Loud I'm assuming today. it was outstanding. It was loud um, today. It was at one point didn't when... didn't seem uh, that at times on, when the Joel t- Lynn, on the TV. When Joel Lynn came on, the fans started chanting at the Hayes Brazilian song, and that was yeah, loud, that. really loud today. Similar when Gordon that. came on. Um, but it, it's Scott, you'll know yourself. It's all about the Q6 and St. James's Park. The way fans were, were loud at points today, which I didn't hear. But I was speaking to one yeah. lads in the pub afterwards, and he sits in the leases, and he could hear them all game, mainly singing about Shira as they do like. Um, uh, but I didn't hear them once. <laughs> They've got nothing else. No. Yeah, Gary um, Neville did say that the the atmosphere was in in quotes as he always says electric. 
Yeah. He said that the atmosphere was absolutely brilliant on the on the commentary. Like, I think he said it's the so, best that he's seen it this season. Can I just yeah, say as well? So, so this this Amazon documentary isn't focusing on 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 field things. There was two cameras in the strawberry corner today, facing the fans and facing the pitch, oh. which were the Amazon cameras. So there must be well, some. Well, you have little... to have some footage. On yeah. That. Did they have primer yeah. on the side or something over there? You could just tell. You could just tell by the setup. <laughs> Uh, every, everybody was called Alexa, right? Unless he's switching channels, just getting more sophisticated. <laughs> um, we'll uh, we'll wrap it up in just a couple of minutes. If anyone's got any questions, just drop them in. We might we'll run through a couple if anyone are on there. Um, I want to ask people about their man of the match because I think this is the type of game where everyone's going to have a different opinion. Um, obviously, Bruno got it, um, and actually, he wasn't in my eyes a contender at all. Um, I thought should I ever go to Joe Willock um, or potentially Isak for me? I thought they, they were the two best players on the pitch. Um, but Daniel, I'll come to you first, mate. What, what was your kind of ideas around the man for match for Newcastle? Rough, rough trying to pick this. Um, even at the time, I thought Isak uh, was outstanding. I thought Alan St. Maximan, especially when the amount of people that said that he didn't deserve to start the game, just like. But absolutely brilliant when he when he got that assist. But I thought it was great throughout the game. But for me, the man of the match is a player that has impressed us all. However, for the last month, I think he's been absolute dog shit. I think he's been one of our worst players over the last month. And when he, in the first half today, he was unbelievable. He was the one that allowed us to sustain attacks, and it was Sven Botman. I just thought every time they had any chance of of even getting a sniff of something in the final third. He was just always there, covering for everyone, interceptions, tackles, amazing in the air. Um, and when you've got a player like that, again, that allows you to sustain attacks. And especially when Marcus Rashford's comfortably one of the best players in the league, probably the best left winger in the league. And he, and he had nothing to even feed on. And I think that is such an important thing for a football team and one of the reasons how we could be so relentless was having him there so uh, for, for me I agree Isak Sam Maximan right up there but uh, just for me personally I thought it was Sven Botman Yeah and this is why I've asked this because uh, you know I would never have thought of Sven Botman to be a man of the match contender so that's why we do it Joe um, what were your thoughts on man of the match? Well my first reaction was Willick and I think the only thing that you can argue against him having man of the match was that he missed two golden opportunities but then he, he scored and he was absolutely integral to everything yeah. that we did f up until he came off he was consistently fantastic but I'll go for a little bit of a left field choice just because uh you know we've spoken about Willick a lot and I'm gonna put out a sh uh, shout out for Fabian Cher the man had not one but two concussions for the team <laughs> and how many times is that man going to get absolutely battered in the head and get back up like there's nothing wrong with him? He was so angry to get to be um, taken off temporarily. And hey, people are tell just you too what, jealous he, of his face. That's what it is. He's just too oh, beautiful. I know, Everyone's I know, that's trying it. to scupper that. Everyone's just trying their best just to make him look less beautiful, like you know, less than an absolute eleven out of ten, and they're just failing miserably. <laughs> and he went on a couple of his trademark runs trying to get, you know, score a couple of screamers from outside the box. And he nearly got one. He nearly got one. Um, yeah, no, but defensively, he was fantastic. Him and Botman. Yeah, you're right. Um, I thought the pair of them were absolutely phenomenal uh, in the right places at the right times. Uh, the, the passing as well out of the back, um, the interlinking yeah. with Bruno to start attacks off. Yeah, they were just fantastic. 
Um, but you're right. I mean, you could literally pick off the team from one of the match. Yeah. That 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 second head injury from uh, from Cher wasn't the nicest play of football you'll ever see, though. That crossing from Trippier and it just <laughs> kind of hits him in the face and flies into the delicate <laughs> end, and he's just down. And you're just like, wow, how's he down now? But I think we were saying he's, he's yeah. got a, a head made of mush. Uh, Chris, yeah. mate, we'll come to you last for your man of the match for this one. So I think obviously Willick's an obvious pick, and um, closely followed by by Bruno because he was everywhere today. But I'm Going with Joe, uh, Fabian today. Honestly, he was he was absolutely everywhere on that field, and I love it when Fabian goes on his little adventures. Absolutely amazing. When he just picks a ball up so on the halfway funny, line. Isn't it? It's great. He just keeps on going and going and going, and nobody ever closes him down, which I find I, mental. I, because I, I think, think it's because so worried about shoot from the minute he picks up the ball. Well, they're yeah. worried about the wingers picking the ball up, and, and they don't realize Fabian's got a hell of a strike on him. He's he does. And just you mentioned there the, the second concussion injury which he went down with, the bravery that he shows to throw his head onto that because that's waist tight. That yeah. ball coming in, he dives at it. So Fabian for me, and I, I said it in the pub afterwards. I went, it, it's going to be Willick or Fabian, but yeah. Bruno got it. <laughs> yeah, just, just looking at the comments, there's a lot of shouts uh, for Willick, a lot of shouts for for. Um... Trippier as well, uh, which we haven't mentioned. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, here, Sean Longstaff uh, has come up there. Um, yeah. Few few shouts, obviously, for for Willick and and Bruno as well. Can I just uh, mention as well, like, Scott, like before, said, before you move yeah. on? Okay. How weird does it look? Maxi wearing white boots. I thought that. I thought it actually looked quite nice. Yeah. It looks metal. Do, do you know what I loved it. I loved it. Stacey said to me, she went, "Oh, uh, Maxi's got his blue boots on. Has he Maxi blue boots?" As she called him, I was like, "He's got white boots on. I don't know what's going on." Just like it's, it's very, it's, it's not very often you see him there wearing white or black boots. Bring them back. Maybe yeah, Armour yeah. was black boots, but they look like the black boots you got, you know, in PE when you figure out your kit and they've got the, I, the I boots in the back that you've got to put on. They look like the, uh, the Mordies <laughs> that you used to get from there. And just, Anyways, we, haven't mentioned, we haven't mentioned him yet, Longstaff, once again. He made a couple of yeah. mistakes in that game, but honestly, the amount of, of, of grass he covers is second to none. On He's everywhere. Yeah. And it just brings up the point once again where, where people always look at that position and say, Sean Longstaff needs replaced, right? Yes, to a certain degree he does, but you're not going to get that work rate from any other player. I think I this guy commentators refer to him as Sean Longstaff. Hmm. Um, they, they said he should change his name to Longstaff, uh, the, the Sky commentators, which, you know, <laughs> bad their, their jokes are. But yeah, the... Uh, Fabian shares that obviously was, like Homer Simpson in the boxing yeah. match. Um, I'll tell you what with Longs. <laughs> tell you with Longstaff though, I feel he's getting into far more dangerous areas than he ever has been. He, he seems to be a lot more in and around the box. I think there were. I mean, I can think of two opportunities off the top of my head today where he arguably could have buried them. I mean, you know, the I, I think he couldn't have probably done much better. I know he slightly mishit one of them. However, he's been far more advanced in attacking uh, recently. And it's really good to see. I think he's he's really improving as a player. He's getting better. Like he's, he's getting better each week. Yeah. He's yeah. He's he's becoming yet another undroppable player. Can, can I just say as well how huge of a win was that as well going into the game? Massive. I, first, I was a little bit nervous. Third, man. I was nervous but confident in the same breath. And, and obviously it, it worked. Now I feel that that Casemiro is, is out of the game because he obviously when he plays Man you're a different team. Um, luckily for us, obviously he wasn't suspended and, and would, would took advantage of that. But the the relief at foot, well, not even at full time when the second goal went in, when Wilson's yeah. goal went in, I just thought, this is fantastic. And, and I said before, yeah. went on, on, on air there, that in the ground, I was absolutely buzzing. You couldn't take the smile off my face. As soon as I walked in the pub, 
afterwards, I just feel as if the energy was absolutely dumped out my body, just with absolute relief. Because I just, honestly, <laughs> just the breath that I took, I was like, that's, that's you know reminds me of this. Uh, now, obviously, we're not going to win the league, but this reminds me of around right about this time uh, during the season that Leicester won it. And everyone mm. was saying there's a point where they're going to drop off. There's a point where things are going to slow down. And it kind of got us sort of this point during the 15, 16 season where you thought, oh, they're, that, you know, they're not slowing down here. This is, this is consistent. And I just feel, although obviously it's going to be a massive challenge to keep this up and keep the wins up to get Champions League football, I just feel like the, there's just something about this team which gives me so much confidence and, um, and just belief that we're going to see this out. I mean, look, even if we don't get top four, even if we get fifth, th- this season has just been absolutely incredible. But you're right, this feels like a really pivotal moment, psychologically as well for the players, to get over that cut loss, to realise that... I know we've had a pretty decent record against the so-called Big Six this season, mm-hmm. but this was a dominating performance on another scale. Yeah. I remember yeah. back in Old Trafford, we really had to dig deep just to get a point. Same with uh, the Emirates. Um, and this was... Ju- I've never seen... I, I just I'm looking at the stats at the end of the game. I cannot believe, looking at those, that that was a performance against Man United. It's it's unheard of. I think, I think it's yeah. worth mentioning as well that... that um, Ted Howe tried his hardest to, to get in the same mould as, as Alex Ferguson with the mind games. He, he'd done it before the cup final game, which probably worked to a certain degree. He tried it again this week for, for this fixture yeah. and it absolutely failed massively. They tried it during the game. I, I think you mentioned it earlier, Daniel, that they the tried a time waste early on, which it's came back and bit them in the horse. And, and his comments after the game, mm-hmm. him and, and Luke Shaw, I think it was, I've done an interview as well. Basically, Newcastle are, are playing above the level bollocks, look where we are in the league, we're sitting above you, but we're not playing above our level. We deserve to be here and we will be here for a lot longer. The yeah, yeah, Davy sums it up quite well. That, isn't it? Like, Davy sums it up well in the comments where he says we've been consistent for 15 months, like we can keep this going. Yeah, like, it's, this isn't it, exactly. a fluke performance. If you think back to the Liverpool game, yes, we went down to 10 men, we were still the better side. Much you know, better arguably team. the better and, side. Hey, I mean, hey, and you're gonna lo- you're gonna lose a game of football from like now and again, even as the better team, yeah. that's gonna happen. It's what it's it's you know it's famously said that the, the league is a marathon, not a sprint. The that the after 38 games, the table won't lie. Um, I do yeah. want to say one thing quickly because those of you who were obviously at the ground and weren't watching it on TV, you wouldn't have seen Eddie Howe was getting interviewed before the game, and the journalist asked him, he said. So, based on obviously the performance that you saw back in the cup final, is there anything that you're you're wanting to do tactically differently this time round? And obviously, you're trying to go and say something. And Eddie Howe was like, you know, I can't divulge on that, but you know, we've looked at what's happening, uh, what happened, and we've changed a few things tactically just to switch up the game plan. And I know that that's a very simple thing that managers are supposed to do and they're paid to do. However, given the history that we've had to endure with certain managers and being stuck in certain ways and being very stubborn to change things around. And to be fair, even Eddie, Eddie Howe himself has been criticised slightly for being maybe a bit loyal, maybe a bit stubborn. Listen, this today today was just a um, a really good example, I would say, of the kind of manager Eddie Howe is. He's he's not one flexible. to stick to things just because. He's flexible. He's, yeah, he's he's intelligent. He's he's just, he's, he's fantastic. Um, to look at how things went so wrong, well, not so wrong, but, you know, how things went wrong in the Carabao Cup final and then, 
in such a short space of time as well with the amount of games that we've had to, to you know be able to switch things up the way we did and to switch on a completely different performance it just i just so i feel so lucky that we've got a manager that, that, that we do and it's just i think it's just a match made in heaven right now i think it needs to be mentioned as well that that this season obviously what two thirds three quarters of the way through the season now obviously we're coming to the business end of the season and i think yeah. that game despite being in the league position that we are i think that game right there that we've seen today and that that dominant display has made people probably look at this thinking shit like newcastle yeah. or the business yeah like the players yeah. didn't seem to look like they were playing under any kind of pressure, which is bizarre no. because this is a high-pressure game. You've got this, obviously West Ham, then we've got Tottenham, and obviously Man United and Tottenham are the two teams that we need to leapfrog. I appreciate we've got the game in hand, but mm. you've still got to do that. And their players, honestly, the players like were playing against the dog and duck at times. It was absolutely amazing to see, especially at 1-0 up. That is when old Newcastle would just drop back and would would be try try and get nice and tight two banks of four whatever it would be um maybe bank of four and bank of five and just close off that space and we didn't we were if anything when elliot anderson was on anthony gordon were pressing even higher winning the ball back yeah. up higher calmness personified at the back and it's just so uplifting to see and one of the best things is you mentioned earlier on we have struggled for injuries at times. We've never had both of our strikers fit. St. Maximan's been out for large parts of the season. Now we've got pretty much, other than Miggy, a full-strength squad, other than the games that we're making up, so this week, and I think there's one in about five, six weeks' time. It's just weekend to weekend, and we've got a, we've got a full squad of substitutes so that at 60, 70 minutes, we can change tactically, we can change the energy, we can change the formation, we can change the players with confidence, not... Who's the next best option here? But actually, we can we can proactively go and change this game. So I'm in total agreement. I think this. I think the trains set off and it's not stopping until the end of the season. I bullet hope train, absolute the bullet, bullet train, train. Us, lad. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, I mean, I think you know, look at the next what four fixtures: West Ham away, Brentford away, Villa away, then Spurs at home. That you Villa one it. for me, that's the one way I'm thinking. Yeah. Villa Villa's got... doing well. I mean, Brentford is really good. Brentford really good. West Ham dug out a win today. Yeah. West, West Ham a different beast at home as well. It's, uh, but now I saw them all. Women? Yeah, I feel like we're going to bring anyone. Oh, I think there's, there's, there's tough games, yeah. but for us, I think at the minute, we're we're in a good position where we shouldn't be a no fear. No fear against anybody. No. Right. Does anyone have anything else they want to add before we wrap this one up, lads? Yeah, that war flags surfer was oh, yeah. absolutely mint. <laughs> they didn't do it justice on the TV, by the way. They didn't show nah. for long enough. It was still getting still getting up there by the yeah. time they cut away. That's um, what she said. But I think they are selling that as a mini flag or the pre-ordering at least going up. So uh, if you do, if you got your name on it, um, I know a lot of people did. So that's going on there. I do. Anyways. Uh, Thanks, everyone, for watching. There's 156 people currently watching, and I think there's been around that throughout the entire episode here. If you do like this, just scroll down from this video and hit the little thumbs-up button. It does this channel you, wonders. Um, and while you're down there, if you're not already, uh, hit the subscribe button. We're so close to 10,000, we can almost reach out and touch it. Uh, we'd like to get there at least by the end of the season, if not beforehand. Um, and if you want to be notified when new videos go live on the channel, you can hit the notification bell, and that will give you a pop-up on your device of choice with uh, a little note to say that we are live or there's a new video available. Um, 
two games this week coming up. Lots of content. Uh, tomorrow you've got the Over Smiling Faces podcast. We'll also be recording a match uh, preview for that one tomorrow. Uh, we're doing Canny Chatter on Tuesday. Uh, that'll be an audio-only podcast, episode three. That's coming up. Uh, there is uh, there'll be a match reaction for the West Ham game. There'll be another match preview for Brentford. I'm losing count. What else? I extra think there might even be an extra time this week, this week as well. Time. We are yeah, rammed. There is, yeah. We Full are bill. rammed. I hope my, uh, yeah, hope your internet's all paid up and everyone's got a nice connection because we're going to need it uh, for for the next week. Hope no one's got a, a data cap on that, that, that their internet. Anyways, lots to come. And uh, if you want to get early access to some of those videos, we do have a membership program. It's two ninety nine a month. It gets you early access to all the pre recorded videos that go live on the channel, as well as access to the Telegram group. I haven't looked at it yet. Hang on, let me tell you. Uh, oh, it's be chugger in there, mate. It's chugger, yeah, it's chugger. It's not loading, actually, because I've, I've got face lock on it and I'm not using my phone. Um, it's absolutely chugger. So, yeah, that gets you access to that. It's like a uh, WhatsApp group, but that's two ninety nine a month for the membership. There was a few people from the Match Reaction asking for access to that group they weren't members so if you want to get access to that group you've got to be a member it's an exclusive access to them but thanks everybody for watching thank you joe thank you daniel thank you chris i've been scott this has been a match reaction for the 2-0 victory against manchester united i can't believe i'm saying that but yes we did it we're third in the league i think there's only 11 games to go let's get a europe shall we let's let's get a game at the Jordi Cruyff Arena, which is just over there, outside my window, it's just over there, so I can I can walk to a match for the first time in six years. Let's do it. I thought you were the lads. Come on. Is it called the Jordi Cruyff Arena? Is it not the Johan Cruyff Arena? Johan Cruyff Arena, yeah. No, it's because I was thinking that. the Olympic Stadium. I've got a Jordi Cruyff, uh, what is it, football management, like building next to me as well so he's, he's all over the place both of them anyway that's enough of that thanks everyone for watching we'll see you in the next one cheers everyone we'll win you now thanks get everyone in. get in, get in. sports social podcast network